Well, amen. If you haven't been blessed today, your blessers broke and need to go get it fixed. And uh, it's been good all day. Open your Bibles again to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. And the Bible says in verse number 20, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. I'm going to preach tonight on this subject. What kinds of faith do you have? What kinds of faith do you have? Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the preaching of your word tonight. I pray your will be accomplished. I pray our hearts and our minds, uh, Lord, would be attentive. And Lord, we would be challenged in our faith. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It is interesting to me to read through the Word of God and see how many times not only is faith mentioned, but how many kinds or types of faith are talked about in the Scripture. In fact, it challenges me to grow stronger in faith. I want my faith to be a strong faith I want it to be as strong as God needs to allow him to accomplish all he desires to accomplish in this church, in my life, in our town, and in our state. Our faith is based on God's promises, not how I feel today, not on things that are visible or invisible, but faith is based on the promises of God. He says in Romans 4 and verse 21, And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Faith is the conduit that connects the believer with the power of God. I'm going to tell a story I've told before. It's an old story, but it illustrates what I'm saying. In uh, 1972, my dad uh, started 50 years ago uh, the Bible Baptist Church, and uh, we built a church building, and a little later we built an apartment building, and we lived uh, upstairs uh, in the church, and uh, we did not have good drinking water. Uh, we didn't have city water. Uh, we didn't even have a city. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we didn't have any city water. And we had a drilled well, and the water smelled like rotten eggs. Uh, it was uh, had iron, and it wasn't good. And uh, so it turned the clothes red and yellow, and it wasn't good to drink. It wasn't good uh, for nearly anything except maybe to uh, uh, use in the uh, restrooms, and it just wasn't good water. So uh, my dad found a coal bank up on top of the mountain there above the church uh, where they had hand-dug coal out. And uh, when you do that, uh, most always <clears throat> fills up with water. And uh, my dad said, we'll get us some good drinking water right there. It was clean water. Uh, nothing was ever in there except maybe a raccoon or a possum or something like that, but they're clean. And, uh, but anyway, uh, he, uh, and, and, and if, you've, if you've never had water from a coal bank, don't knock it till you tried it. It's pretty good. And so uh, we got that water. And uh, the problem was he used a half-inch black plastic pipe. And it was good if just one person was using the water. 
But if you were taking a shower and halfway through when somebody turned on the washing machine or somebody turned on a sink, you were standing there and it just drip, drip, drip. You had to yell and say, hey, turn the water off. I'm trying to take a shower. And that's just the way it was. So dad said, we'll fix that. And so he got a two-inch pipe, big old pipe. And uh, the only problem we had after that, it blew all the, uh, all the gaskets off of the faucets because there was so much pressure and so much water coming through. Now, uh, the amount of water in the coal bank didn't change, but the conduit size did change. I don't want my faith to be a half-inch faith. I want my faith to be everything that God wants it to be. So in the scripture, I found several description or types or kinds of faith. The purpose of the message tonight is to get you to ask yourself the question, when's the last time my faith has been challenged to be stronger? To be stronger. When is the last time I've challenged my faith in Christ and his promises to be greater? I want to press on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I do not believe I have arrived in the Christian life. I do not believe that when I woke up this morning, I uh, uh, awakened in his likeness. I believe there's room to grow. And of all the areas in our life to grow, faith is essential. Everything God does, he does through faith. It's interesting in Mark chapter 6, the Bible says in verse number 5, and he could there do no mighty work. He could there do no mighty work. Verse number 6, the Bible says in Mark chapter 6, and he marveled at their unbelief. Mark chapter 2, verse 5, the Bible tells of the uh, four men that are bringing a man that is sick of the palsy to see Jesus. They believed if they got their friend to Jesus, he not only would make him whole, he would give him eternal life. And so the Bible says this, Mark chapter 2, verse number 5, the Bible says, And when he saw their faith, there is plural, he's speaking to the four. When he saw their faith, he said to thee, sick of the palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. In Nazareth, he could do no mighty work because he was limited by the lack of faith, the unbelief of his people. In Mark chapter 2 in Capernaum, he could do all the miracles that he desired to do because they believed in him. There was a great crowd of people. And when they brought the four, or the four brought the one to see Christ, and they could not get to him for the press, the Bible said, they uncovered the roof where it was and they let down the sick of the palsy so he could see Jesus. Here's the prayer tonight. Lord, increase my faith. As I look to the scripture, I find, first of all, there is what the Bible calls a measure of faith. According to the scripture, every person has been given a measure of of faith. Every person has been given a measure of faith. Here's what the Bible says, Romans 12 and verse number 3. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now hear this statement. It is a faith, it is a faith that is sufficient 
to exercise our will to believe in God for salvation. I don't understand everything about God with a measure of faith. I don't understand everything about the Bible, but I understand this. I understand that he is the creator. I understand that man is fallen in sin and is in need of a savior if he's going to have eternal life. And I believe every man is given enough faith that he can exercise his will to say, yes, I trust Christ as my savior. I'm thankful that everyone has been given. If you go to hell, don't blame it on God. If you go to hell, don't you blame it on Jesus. He died on the cross to pay for the sins of the whole world. If you go to hell, don't you blame it on the Holy Spirit or the Word of God. There's only one reason that you die and go to hell, and that is your own unbelief and sin. Everybody can be saved. You say, preacher, I don't believe that. Well, if you want to disagree with God, go right ahead. But the Bible said he's not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness. His long-suffering, uh, that, uh, uh, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness. But his long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's what the Bible said. I messed up so you'd pay attention, and that helped us right there. So every man has a measure of faith. Then there is a mutual faith among us. That's a faith that's exercised the will to trust Christ as Savior. It is a common faith. It is referred to. It is a base level of faith. It's all that's required. That's how we got saved. He didn't get saved with a super faith. He didn't get saved with a strong faith. He got saved with the measure of faith and the common faith and the mutual faith. As Paul said in Romans 1.12, that is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. We all got saved by grace through faith in Christ. Nobody here saved tonight is saved because they worked enough to be saved or they've kept the law. You're saved by grace through faith. Now, I don't want to have just a measure of faith. Second of all, I want to have a growing faith. A growing faith increases from a measure of faith to a growing faith that could become a great and strong faith. Here's what Paul said as he wrote the letter uh, to the Christians in Thessalonica, a young church, a church that was facing persecution. Many of them had been martyred for the cause of Christ and Paul wrote to them helping them to understand that those who have died are, are now in heaven. And he wrote this in his second letter in the first chapter, he said, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet because that your faith groweth exceedingly and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. I love growing faith. Now, growing faith here was a result of persecution. You, you know, if we're not careful, we go through this life and we're, we're mighty blessed as far as material things and we're blessed as far as comfort is concerned. We're blessed as far as freedom is concerned. And you could go through life as many do without even thinking of how we're dependent on God. The church at Thessalonica, they didn't know if they'd meet next Sunday. They didn't know if they did meet who they would be missing because of martyrdom. And Paul wrote to them, he said, my heart is blessed because your faith is growing. I ask you a question tonight. Is your faith in God growing? Now, it won't grow by accident. 
It, it, it won't grow my atmosphere. It'll grow because we decide we want our faith to grow. He said to them, you have a growing faith. Then the Bible talks about a great faith. I'm thankful for that measure of faith that's been given. I'm thankful for growing faith. I recall as I began to make decisions by faith. By the way, think about this. You got saved because you exercised your will. You believed in Christ. You exercised your will. You said, I will. I trusted Christ as Savior. Now, if that's how I got saved, that's how I grow in faith. I exercise my will. If God said it, that's good enough for it to be done. If God said it, it's good enough to be done. You promise your children something. Uh, you make them a promise for a special uh, day or a special event or a special trip or activity. They expect you to do it when you said and just how you said you do it. Am I right? Now, God promises his children sometimes things come up in our life that are emergencies, events that are out of our control. And sometimes we let one another down. Even if we don't intend to, God's schedule is never interrupted. There is never an emergency that prevents and says, I know I promised, I know I promised, but I'm sorry, I ran out of money. God's never done that. His promises are sure, and my faith should be not just a mutual faith, not just a measure of faith, but a growing faith and to the place of a great faith. Faith. Take your Bibles and go quickly to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 8. And I want you to look at verse number 8. Now when Jesus recognizes faith as a great faith, if he recognizes faith as a great faith, it is a great faith that's recognized of Christ. Now he recognizes, he looks for your faith, and he measures faith. Jesus said to some, now, you, you didn't believe. I can't work if you're not going to believe. He said to others, you have a growing faith. He said to others, you have a great faith. Look at this one, Matthew chapter 8, verse number 8. Then centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy. Now, he has a son who is dying. And he comes to ask Jesus if he will heal his son. Notice what he says. Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. Let me just stop right there and say, do you ever pray a prayer and say, I don't feel worthy to even pray this prayer? You may be on the first step to getting an answer. Don't feel bad that you feel unworthy. Here's a man that said, I am not worthy of you to come to my house. Notice what he said. That thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say unto this man, go, and he goeth, and to, the, and to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, notice this, he marveled. When's the last time Jesus marveled at your faith? He marveled at this man's faith. And said to them that followed. He made an announcement to everybody that was around him. Verily, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. I want to have a great faith. I want to have a great faith. Now, one of the things, and I'll say this at the end, I can't have a great faith unless I know what the promises are. 
The more promises you make to your children, the more they expect you to keep. God's made a lot of promises in this book. I want to know what all of them are. I want to enjoy the Christian life and not just for me to enjoy. I want God to do everything he intends to do in my generation. I don't want to be a half-inch Christian. A Christian. I want to be a full-size conduit that God can work through my faith. Matthew chapter 15. Notice this story. Matthew chapter 15. Here's what the Bible says. Uh, chapter 15. Let's go to verse number 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Verse 25. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And, he say, and, and she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from her, of their master's table. Notice what he says right here. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Some folks, their faith get challenged and they quit. The disciples said, you don't need to bother the master. And Jesus tell her to be quiet. She's bothering us and you. And she said, the dogs at the master's table, they eat the crumbs. Could you not at least help my daughter? And he was impressed with her faith. Too many times we quit. We give up. We quit. Here's a faith that is a great faith. Number four, there's an unwavering faith. This is a sincere faith that does not waver in difficult circumstances of life. This is to believe God without question in the midst of tough circumstances. Joseph is a great example of an unwavering faith. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast our profession, the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Take your Bibles and go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. When's the last time your faith was challenged? Or may I ask, are you satisfied with your faith? If your faith could grow to increase God's work in your life, in your family, in your marriage, in your ministry, if your faith would increase to increase His worth, would you not want God's work to increase by your faith increasing? Mark chapter 11, verse number 22. And Jesus answering, answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. This is not a mystic, spooky thing that overcomes you. If he said have faith in God, I can have faith in him. He said to do it. My dad said, son, no, clean the car. I didn't wait for something to just overtake me emotionally and say, Dad, I'm just waiting for something to just stir me and motivate me. So I'll motivate you if you don't get that car cleaned up. 
If you don't get that grass cut, I'll show you what motivation is. You know what God says right here? Have faith in God. Have faith in God. When doubts come, have faith in God. When troubles come, have faith in God. Just decide to be obedient and have faith in God. Notice what he says in chapter 11, verse number 23. For verily I say unto you, that whatsoever shall, uh, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he saith therefore I say unto you what things soever ye desire when ye pray believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them that's what the Bible says you said that seems impossible that means your faith needs to be increased that doesn't seem right then your faith needs to be increased that's what God said and if God said it then I'm supposed to believe it because God said to believe it. There is an unwavering faith. Quickly, there's a strong faith. Abraham had a strong faith that refused to surrender or be defeated. Following the faith of Abraham is the way to receive what might be considered impossible. Most Christians desire this level of faith, but only few maintain that faith. You know why? We live in a world of doubt and we allow the devil to sow seeds of doubt all the time. The older I get, the more I listen to and read the word of God. You know why? I want my faith to be increased. I want my faith to be increased. I think of that statement all the time. You remember old Dan Rather, he used to end his, uh, his newscast by saying, and that's the way it is, April 24th, 2022. The old preacher, uh, whatever day it was, the old preacher Vance Havner had watched the newscast and he said, and that's the way it is. And old Vance Havner stood up and said, no, sir, that's the way it seems. This is the way it is. If God said it, that's the way it is. And the world can only imagine what it seems like God tells us what the promises are and I encourage us tonight, challenge your faith in him. Then there's a practical faith or what I have written as a historical faith. It's interesting, Jesus used scripture as one of four witnesses to prove that he was the Messiah, that he was the Son of God. First of all, he cited the witness of John the Baptist. He cited the witness of his works or signs or miracles. He cited the witness of God the Father. But he also cited the scripture. Jesus quoted the scripture. We live in a day, and this happen, happens often. It's been happening for some time. Uh, in school, uh, young people are, are told to uh, write a paper about something, and they have to give proofs. And oftentimes, and I've heard it many times through the years uh, from young people in our church, and, and they'll say, and the teacher will say, and you can't use the Bible. Friend, there is no greater proof in all the world of the facts of what God has said and what is true than this old book right here and he didn't have to write it 49 times for it to be true. If he said it once, it's true. It's faithful. It's his promise. Have faith in God. Then there's an active faith. Take your Bibles and go to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. Turn your Bibles over there. James chapter 2. Some of you, your Bible hinge is rusty. James chapter 2. Look at it. Verse number 14. James 2, 14. This is an active faith. This is a faith Get the statement now that takes action as soon as the word is understood. 
It goes right at it. Notice what the Bible says in James chapter 2 and verse number 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say, have faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needed to the body. What doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Now, he doesn't say his faith came from his works. That's not what he said. He said, I'm going to show you that I have faith by my works. I can say I have faith that that chair will hold me up. I can say that and it be true, but I'll prove it. Now, this is not when I had faith. I had faith before I sat down here. But I'm showing that I have faith. And James is not talking about justification in the sight of God. He's talking about justification in the sight of man. If you say you have faith, then exercise your faith. And active faith says, when I understand, I'm going to do it. Then there's a genuine faith. I like this. Second Timothy chapter 1, here's what the Bible says. Paul's talking to Timothy. When I call a remembrance... The unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that in thee also. Isn't that a beautiful testimony? To say to someone, your faith is a blessing to me. I knew your grandmother. She had the same kind of faith, and your mother had that same kind of faith. God, give me that same kind of faith. This is not a faith that puts up. Uh, this is a, a faith that doesn't put up with games and deception and pretense and charlatans and braggarts. It's a genuine and a sincere faith that flows from a true heart with the desire to do what is right to do and obedient to the word of God. Matthew 6. Turn your Bibles to Matthew 6. Jesus judges faith. It's obvious in just reading the scripture. This crowd that going around judge not that you be not judged are just saying I'm living in sin. I don't want you to say anything about it. John 3.16 used to be America's verse. Now it's Matthew. Uh, judge not that you be not judged. Here's what Jesus said. Wherefore if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast out into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Some people, he said, I marvel. I'm, I'm amazed. I'm impressed. Of all the people I've met, you've got more faith than any. That's what Jesus said. Now, if Jesus wrote about our faith, would he write, he has little faith. He said to the disciples, oh ye of little faith. I don't want to have little faith, I want great faith. I want to have strong faith, I want to have growing faith. I'll close with this, Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, notice if you will what he says. Let's begin right there in the first verse, Romans chapter 14. 
Him that is weak in the faith, receive you. But not to doubtful disputations. Because he doubts the Bible, don't let him so doubt in you. He's weak in faith. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eats salads. Now if you put a big salad, a blue cheese dressing, and you put a steak right beside it, you'd be surprised in this, which I would eat. I'd eat them both. <laughs> and I'd right now. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Notice those that have weak faith and those that have strong faith. I don't want to have weak faith. I want to have a faith that's strong, not just in appearance and weak in battle, but one that is strong. Now, how do I increase my faith? Stand with me and I'll tell you. I'm going to give you three things. Go ahead and stand. How do I increase my faith? How do I get to the next level? How do I engrow my faith? Everybody has a measure of faith. It's enough faith that you can exercise your will for salvation. Number one, by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Your faith will not be increased outside of the Word of God being read or listened to this week. Listen to and read the Word of God. Number two, exercise the faith you have. As soon as you find instructions, say, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Exercise the faith you have, and you'll have more faith. Number three, exercise my will in obeying God's commands by decision. So many folks are saying, well, I just don't know if God spoke to my heart. If he said it, he spoke to your heart. If he said it, well, I just don't feel like, well, I, I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it doesn't matter how I feel. I just obey what he says. And as I obey what he says, he strengthens my faith in him. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for the challenge of faith. It is interesting to me of the people that you meet or that you met as recorded in scripture. We have no idea what kind of house they lived in. We have no idea what standing they had in the community. We had no idea how they were dressed. But Lord, you described for us their faith. Whether it was weak or strong, gone or strengthening, may our faith, may we be challenged for our faith in you to be increased in this week. Bless, I pray, in this invitation in Jesus' name.